If you're ready to get unstuck, move forward, and have at least one of those rare but incredible aha moments, keep listening because I'm getting ready to share eight power principles that are true game changers, and I'm living proof to that. You are listening to Work Is Good, the thought-provoking, gaze-shifting, and action-inspiring podcast for Christian women who work from home. If you desire to keep looking upward to Christ in your work and beyond, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Kristen Eifeldano from WorkingUpward.com. When was the last time you had an aha moment? A moment when you were thinking through something or working on something and it just wasn't making sense or you just stopped moving forward, and then suddenly you got it. Many times when I've been in this situation, it was something from outside that moment that helped me make that breakthrough. A conversation with a friend, a passage from the Bible, a television show, a book, a sermon, a social media post, or even a podcast. And many times these things have become power principles in my life and work meaning that they didn't just help me once or twice, they help me over and over again. Welcome to episode four of the Work is Good podcast, which is part two of Power Principles for Life and Work, which was episode number three. Last time we talked about done being better than perfect, the biblical definition of success, the value of time over money, boundaries, and more. So if you haven't listened to that episode, episode three, I hope you will do that after this. Now, I recorded episode three before Christmas and my trip to Minnesota to see my wonderful family up there and before I caught the cold that is still lingering here in January. So heads up, I'm a little stuffed up, but I just couldn't let that hold me back from sharing these principles with you because in my opinion, they are the best yet. And I can say that without bragging because they aren't mine. They come from a variety of sources outside myself. So without further ado, let's get started. If you're ready to start a podcast of your own, let me just tell you that the right tools make all the difference. Go to workingupward.com forward slash how I podcast and you'll learn all about my podcasting tips, tools, and process, as well as get a link to use that gives you a $20 Amazon gift card in your second month of Buzzsprout hosting. You'll also help support the Work is Good podcast, which I greatly appreciate. Again, that's workingupward.com forward slash how I podcast. Power principle number one is stewardship matters. A few years ago, one of my virtual assistant clients was a Christian financial advisor who emphasized stewardship in a big way. Now, I've been familiar with the idea of stewardship, especially connected with finances for my entire adult life, but it was through working with him that I finally had that aha moment when I realized that stewardship isn't just about money, it applies to every area of life. And it starts with the understanding that God owns everything and we are his stewards or managers. God trusts us to manage everything he gives us and to do it well for his glory. That's money, that's time, that's relationships, that's our health, it's everything. These are all gifts from God and he expects us to oversee 
and use them well for the maximum kingdom impact. Now, once I began to fully realize the impact that good stewardship has on my entire life, something else happened. I felt more empowered in my decision-making. Here's just one example. After I had worked through a virtual assistant agency for several years, I finally began to wonder what it would look like to leave the agency and focus solely on working with my own clients. I already had one amazing client outside the agency and it was going pretty well, but I hesitated because I was comfortable there. I liked the clients they gave me. They were wonderful. There was security in staying, but something began to creep up in my thoughts and trouble me a little bit. One was the fact that my skills and expertise had increased significantly to the point where I knew I could be earning twice the rate I was earning through the agency. The going rate for virtual assistance, especially doing what I did, was more than double what I was earning. My clients were paying the going VA rate to the agency and that I received about half of that. And for a while there, that was a fair trade to me because I didn't have to worry about finding my own clients and the clients they found for me were my ideal clients. Very high quality and the agency also offered training and support. Again, security. But there came a point where I realized that I had stayed too long. My end of the deal wasn't so valuable anymore. Number one, I had outgrown the training they offered and I could find support in advanced training materials in other ways. Number two, they actually changed their client matching system to a job board where I would need to apply and compete with a lot of other VAs to find my own clients. And number three, I knew I could be earning double the income. Do you know what finally helped me move away from my security blanket and take a leap of faith to work solely with my own clients? It was this power principle that stewardship matters. Would it have been good stewardship for me to stay when God had given me opportunities for professional growth and equipped me with the knowledge and tools I needed for the next stage of business growth? Of course not. And would it have been good stewardship for me to stay and spend time searching and applying and hoping to be accepted for certain clients when I could be spending that time finding my own clients outside the agency? Sidebar, that's actually not hard to do. No, it wouldn't have been good stewardship, at least for me at that point in life. And would it have been good stewardship for me to stay when I could be earning more income to help support my household and do more? in life and in ministry and um, other areas where money helps. No, it would not have been. It was the principle of stewardship that finally motivated me to make the right decision to leave. And since then, I've been more keenly aware of how this principle acts as a really, really good filter for all kinds of decisions. The next time you have a big decision to make, or even a smaller one, I encourage you to run it through the stewardship filter you just may have an aha moment. Power principle number two is generosity matters, which is closely tied to stewardship. Generosity is a biblical principle that Christians and non-Christians alike are emphasizing in the marketplace. The idea behind generosity in business is that you give generously of your time, resources, knowledge, and services to prospective clients and customers, and in return, it builds trust and a healthy relationship, which leads to more sales, revenue, etc. The reason this tends to work across the board is because it's true. It's kind to give, and generosity works way more than stinginess in the marketplace. Stinginess backfires. 
It's the logical order of things. You see this every day on websites offering freebies, webinars, PDFs, etc. in exchange for your email address. These people, and I'm one of them, want to build trust with you so you can enter into a business relationship with them. You also see this when businesses offer free consultations or just good information to help you make decisions. You really do see it everywhere. Think of ways to be more generous in your business, and I promise you, you will reap the benefits. But there's something more to this for Christians. We have a higher motivation to be generous. Sure, we want to be generous because it makes us better people and it's the right thing to do. And sure, we want to be generous because we want to grow our businesses and cultivate good relationships with our clients and customers. But we also want to be generous because it represents who God is. We of all people should have a higher understanding of what generosity is all about because we know God and God is the most generous being of all. Think about this. First, he gave us life itself. Genesis 2, 7 says, Then the Lord formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. The breath of life. He has given us life every day as a gift from God. But wait, there's more. He provides us with everything, not just life and breath. He provides pleasures for us, and he wants us to enjoy it. 1 Timothy 6.17 says, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. But wait for it. And I know you know this with all your heart. He gave us the ultimate gift, his son, so that we could have eternal life with him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3, 16. I really could go on and on about his generosity, but I want your takeaway to be this. Be as generous as you can in your business, but do it knowing that you are reflecting, even though it's in a much smaller way, God's own generosity. You are a child of the father and you look like him when you are generous. Power principle number three, embrace experimenting. If commitment scares you silly, or at least just slows you down, this one's for you. It's one of my newest principles and really one of my favorites. And full credit goes to Michael Hyatt in his podcast, Lead to Win, where I first heard it. As an entrepreneur, I have a lot of ideas and know that I can't commit to everything, but sometimes I let the thought of commitment actually limit me more than it needs to. There are some ideas I just need permission to try without the burden of commitment. So newsflash, it's okay to experiment with your ideas. In fact, it's beneficial. You learn from trying new things. So here's a tip. This one is shorter than my other two. Try experimenting rather than committing. Not for everything, but for some things. Maybe you want to try a YouTube channel or blogging or start an Etsy shop. You may want to try a new service or product line in your business, for example, but aren't 100% sure it will work, and you aren't sure you have the resources to commit to it forever, and even after you start, you don't know if you will want to keep doing it. But what if you had a trial run? I hereby give you permission to start something and not finish it. Start something with the idea of just trying it, experimenting with it. Be okay with letting it go if it doesn't work out. 
be an experimenter. You'll learn a whole lot along the way, try things you wouldn't have tried otherwise, and maybe, hopefully, discover a really good path you'll always be grateful you walked. Power principle number four is be the guide and not the hero. Credit for this one goes to Donald Miller of StoryBrand, and if you've read his book or interacted with his business in any way, you've likely grasped one of the biggest, little known, although that may change, marketing hacks ever. Too many websites, too much advertising, too many brochures make business owners the hero and not the guide. It needs to be the other way around. Your marketing copy needs to make your customers or clients the heroes and you need to position yourself as the guide. You are Yoda and your customer is Luke Skywalker. More and more people are discovering this truth and are reporting huge increases in sales and growth after tweaking their websites and messaging to reflect this. It's amazing and it works. Check the link in the show notes to learn more about this concept if it is new to you. Are you enjoying the Work is Good podcast? If this episode is helping you look deeper, look upward, and keep moving forward, please pay it forward by leaving a review on iTunes. Your review helps other women discover and enjoy this podcast too and plays a valuable role in supporting the Work is Good podcast. Did you know that just because there's another rung on the ladder going up that you don't have to take it if you don't want to? Unless you're financially hurting, you don't have to take on more projects or clients and you don't have to hire a team. Power principle number five, it's okay to keep it small. Some of you listening to this may be incredulous right now, wondering how anybody wouldn't want to take the next step up. And that means you probably should be taking the next step up. But some of you may be curious about this option and maybe even a little bit hopeful. And I'm with you there. Here's the deal. At this stage in my VA business, I could scale by subcontracting. I could start an agency and hire team members. It's a popular choice for successful VAs, but I don't really want to. It does not appeal to me at all. But there is a pressure that I felt, and maybe you felt it too, that it's wrong not to make your business bigger when you know you could, emphasis on that word could. But there's another way. You keep growing, you keep trying new things, you learn how to work smarter. Don't ever be complacent or close-minded, but don't feel like you need to go big or go home. Every situation is different and scaling is optional, not required. And I have a feeling that some of you may need that message today. Picture yourself in your next stage up in in a bigger business with a business team and realize that if you don't like what you see, you don't have to do that. It's okay to stay small. Paul Jarvis in his book, Company of One, talks more about that, and I'll include that link in my show notes. Power principle number six is one you may have heard before. I'm talking about keeping a morning routine. Working from home comes with so many benefits that it's hard to notice some of the drawbacks, but they're there, and one of the biggest drawbacks is difficulty in structuring your workday. You have a lot of freedom in your workday, but if you don't start with a plan, one that starts early, it's easy to lose control of your day's timeline and you end up starting dinner or settling in for the night with little to show for it. 
I don't want this to happen to you, so I'm joining the chorus to encourage you to have a morning routine. This doesn't need to be elaborate or time-consuming. It can be as simple as making your bed, showering, making a quick breakfast, and having a 10-minute quiet time with God. Of course, you can do more than that, and you can include exercise, journaling, or even cleaning an area in the house before you start your day. The point is that you have a plan to start your day in a meaningful, meaningful, consistent way, and you start your work without feeling behind. Are there any exceptions? Yes, there are. And one exception that comes to my mind is moms. Sidebar here for those new to me listeners, I married a widower in 2012 when I was 35. He's 10 years older than me, and he and his first wife started their family young, and his oldest daughter started her family fairly young as well. Long story short, I went from being single to a grandmother in my 30s, and now I'm 43 with seven grandchildren. Amazing story, right? And my point is this. When I see my bonus daughters, I have a hard time using the word stepdaughter. I'm in complete awe of motherhood and what it takes to raise children, especially when they're young and there are lots of them. I see how a morning routine might not work for everyone. So my word for you moms and those who are also in unique situations, you know who you are. If you have a way of making a morning routine work for you, then please do it. Strive for it. But if you don't, know that it's okay. You may need to have another time during the day for priorities like reading the Bible, and you may need to actually play your day by ear and be creative. But for most of us, we need morning routines. All right, moving on to number seven. Number seven is identify your no behind the yes. If you are a people pleaser, you're not alone. In fact, we may make up the majority, and that's not really a good thing. Every decision you make needs to be intentional and needs to go through filters to make sure it really is your best yes to borrow the title of a popular book. One easy way to make the right decisions when, you, when you're asked to take on extra projects, sign up a new client, speak at an event, schedule a meeting, go on a trip, etc., is to ask yourself what you're saying no to when you say yes to that particular thing. Every time you say yes, you're saying no to something. What is that something? Are you saying no to quality time with family that you know that you've been lacking lately? Are you saying no to another opportunity? Are you saying no to a ministry need? Are you saying no to time with a friend? Are you saying no to much needed rest for yourself? Identify that. Obviously, it's okay to say yes and thereby say no to something. But my advice to you is to make it a habit to identify what you're saying no to when asked to add something new to your plate, and even when you want to add something new to your plate yourself. If you can identify your actual no, you're better equipped to make sound decisions. Okay, the eighth and final power principle for today is to do it scared. This is exactly how it sounds and is a popular mantra among entrepreneurs. And this one is super short and super sweet because it's pretty plain. The principle is simple, yet admittedly harder to do than say. How much of a role does fear have in your life and work? Determine to leverage that fear for the good. Determine to do whatever it is that scares you the most, even if you're scared 
while doing it, not just before, but during. When I decided to start a Facebook group and do Facebook Live videos, I was scared and pretty terrible at it, if I'm honest, but those videos got better and they led me to the point of creating an online course for aspiring virtual assistants, which I did also scared. And that led me to the point of doing this podcast, scared, but oh, so happy. I love doing this. Do it scared and you'll have no regrets. Don't do it and you will have regrets, I promise. Let's recap these principles really quick and then I have a mission for you. Number one, stewardship matters. Number two, generosity matters. Number three, embrace experimenting. Number four, be the guide, not the hero. Number five, it's okay to keep it small. Number six, keep a morning routine. Number seven, identify your no behind the yes. And number eight, do it scared. Now, something I like to do at the end of every podcast is to give you a mission, a short challenge that takes just a minute or two to do. Because remember, my goal with the Work Is Good podcast is to help you look upward, think deeper, and then actually move forward. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is this. Read Ephesians 2 and write down what you see about God's generosity. What has he given you? And then write down one way you can be more generous in A, your work, and B, your life. Thanks for listening to the Work Is Good podcast. You can check out the show notes and all links mentioned in this episode at workingupward.com or even better, subscribe to my podcast emails so you don't ever miss an episode. Workingupward.com will take you directly to that sign up link. Until next time, keep looking up.